We are on Chagiga Chaf Beis Amabeis, the second to last line. Moving on to this week's page of Chav Gimel of 23, but we're currently we're on the last few lines of 22b5 in the art scroll on the second column. The Gemara now is going to go and discuss some of the other cases of our Mishnah. Again, our Mishnah it gave 11 cases in which we are more stringent when it comes to Kudshim, when it comes to uh, food or utensils that are going to be used for food in the service of the base of Mikdash and the temple for the various korbanos, the various sacrifices, that there are 11 stringencies, 11 different cases of stringencies, which apply to them that don't apply to truma or to any other uh, food. And so we are going to the next one on the list. The list is on from Chafam Abiz, from 20B. And the next one on the, li- on the, on the list is Hanosei Es HaMedrash, Nosei Es HaTruma, Avalo Es HaKodesh. And so we will explain exactly what this case is, but before we get to there, the what's going to come out of this case is actually a, a very interesting idea in which we're going to have a situation where we are really not concerned about something occurring. We're going to explain exactly what that is, but we're not concerned about something occurring. But because an event took place in which something happened which went wrong, that is what causes us to then say we are going to be concerned with that because it happened, because something took place uh, which was of concern, that now makes us concerned. Meaning, probability-wise, we're not concerned for something to occur. With regards to the laws, this is in particular with regards to the laws of purity and impurity of Tumah and Tara. But because there was an event which took place, so now the probability didn't change. It just happened to be that that event took place. It did take place, so therefore we will be concerned because that event took place. And why that is, is perhaps, uh, it's it's an interesting question, but perhaps once that event took place, so then it's Hashem telling us that we should be concerned about it because it took place. It's uh, We believe that Hashem... Maybe he made that take place so that we were concerned about it. Or once it took place, so then it's on everybody's mind. So then even though it's not something that we're concerned about, but because it's in everybody's mind, so therefore uh, we become concerned about it once that event took place. So that's just in the, in the broad uh, in the broad picture of what's going on here, the idea that's going on here, which is a, a broader discussion as well. It's not just about the laws of purity and impurity. We find this in other cases in the Gemara as well, about a case of called Maisa Shahaya about an event that took place, because of that event, we are now going to be concerned for something. Not just with regards to the laws of purity and impurity. This is just the uh, the application here is with regards to the laws of purity and impurity. So what exactly are we referring to here? So the case is as follows. The the law is that when a, you're allowed to carry the, uh, the shoe of a Zav. A Zav is a, a man who has some form of an emission which um, makes him impure. It's not the normal seminal emission, but it's a different type of emission which makes him impure. And he is wearing a shoe. So that shoe becomes impure. That shoe uh, gets impurity just by the very fact that the Zav, this person, is wearing the shoe. Now, a person, that person is also holding a klicheres, an earthenware vessel. What's unique about an earthenware vessel, which we've mentioned in the past, is that an earthenware vessel does not become impure just by touching it. It only be- on the outside, it only becomes impure if it if something else which is impure enters into the airspace of the vessel. 
So either touching it on the inside or just merely entering into the airspace of the vessel on the inside, that is what makes it impure. But but just by touching it, that does not make it impure. So you can have a zav, somebody who's impure, touch it, and it's not impure. So the cases where you have a, you have somebody, a zav, or really just anybody, who's holding this earthenware vessel, this utensil, and on the other hand, they are holding this shoe that became impure because it belonged, it was worn by a, a, a zav. So they're holding this uh, shoe, either a shoe or perhaps we'll see that it's just the string of the shoe, which also becomes impure, because uh, presumably because it's connected to the shoe, so it becomes impure. Um, and so the law is that you're allowed to carry both. You're allowed to carry one on one hand, the other on the other hand. There's no problem with that. There's absolutely no problem with that when it comes to truma. But the Mishnah says that it is a problem when it comes to kachim. When it comes to kachim, there is a problem. And the concern is that uh, you're going to take that uh, the shoelace and you're going to put it into the airspace of the earthenware vessel, which is carrying inside that earthenware vessel. You also have, uh, let's say, kachim, or it's going to be used for kachim. The point is that since it's designated for kodesh, for that which is for the service in the base of Megdash, for you to take the shoe or the sandal of the shoe and put it into the to the airspace, so then that is going to be a concern only when it comes to kachim, not for anything else, but only when it comes to kachim. And the Gemara is going to explain why that is. So for everything else, we're not concerned. We're not concerned. You'll be careful. You're not going to put it into the airspace of the earthenware vessel. You won't, you'll make sure not to put the shoe or the shoelace into the into the airspace of the of the of the earthenware vessel. But the question is, why are we concerned when it comes to kachim? Which is exactly what the Gemara is going to start off with. Kodesh my time alone. So again, we're on the bottom of Chavbez and Bez on 22b5. Why is Kachim different? So the answer is Mishamay Shahaya, because there was an incident. We're going to see that there was an incident which occurred in which they were dealing with Kachim. The case was uh, you had an earthenware vessel with Kachim inside of it, and somebody was also holding this uh, shoelace, and they put it into the airspace of the earthenware vessel to make it impure, and they made it impure. So this is what it is. The person was carrying the wine of Kodesh, wine which is used for wine libations in the base of Megdash. Moving on now to Chav Gimel What happened was he was wearing a shoe. The strap of his sandal broke off. So what did he do? He placed it into the barrel. He took his strap and he put it into the barrel. And it fell into he put it on top of the barrel and it fell into the airspace of the barrel, mace, and it caused the kachim, it caused that wine, which is used for the wine libations in the temple, to become impure. So it happened. It's not a concern that we would generally have. We wouldn't be worried about it. But because it took place, such an such an incident took place, now we're concerned. Bosar at that time they said, that when you carry uh, this uh, shoe that uh, you that is uh, impure already. It's an already impure shoe. So then you're not allowed to carry kachim along. But you are allowed to carry anything else. You're allowed to carry truma, anything else that is being used for this earthenware vessel. So the Gemara asks, Yahachi truma nami. So why why don't we why does this only apply to kachim? Why don't we say that this also applies to truma? So the Gemara answers, Hanami Rabbi ben because the author of the Mishnah is a person by the name of Rabbi Chanan ben Akiva. The Amar who says, Lo Asru Ella He's of the opinion, which we're going to explain his opinion in a second, but he's of the opinion 
that whenever we're going to say that we're concerned for something based on an incident occurring, not that we, for probability reasons, we're concerned, but just because that incident occurred, we're only going to be stringent when the details of that incident are exactly parallel or very, very much similar to the incident which took place. That only when it's uh, very, very similar to that case are we going to be concerned. And we're going to explain his case in a second. But when it comes to our case, the story, the story that took place was with regards to Kachim. It was with regards to wine, which was going to be used for the wine libations. And so therefore, when they instituted that you shouldn't do this, it was only with regards to Kachim. It was only with regards to um, the uh, the wine libations. Especially if the whole idea behind this is just to remember uh, that such an incident happened and that we just have to be concerned, but not that it's actually a real concern, but just to remember that this did take place at some point in time. So then one could hear why it would be limited just to that case itself, to the case, to, to a very similar case to in, to what happened in that incident in which it had occurred. Um, and that's the opinion of Rabbi Hanan ben Akavya. And now we're going to get to his case. Mahi, what exactly uh, was his case? So the Gemara says, Ditani, it says in a brisa. so they quote from a brisa, which is from the time periods of the Mishnah, Lo yisa adam mechatas ve'efrechatas. A person should not take mechatas or efrechatas. Mechatas and efrechatas are the the for the uh, for the chatas. It's the water chatas or the ashes of the chatas. These are the ashes. You take ashes and the water of that's being used. You put them together for the from the paraduma from the uh, from the red cow. It's used to purify people that have become. We've mentioned in the past that you have to sprinkle some of this onto people that become impure through a corpse. So that if you become impure through a dead person, so then it requires a different type of, of process to become pure again. Part of that process is to sprinkle ashes. These ashes, which is combined with water, onto the person. And those ashes come from the paraduma, from the red heifer, from the red cow. And um, it's uh, it's really, these were these were ashes that, were hard to find. It was really there aren't. We didn't have so many of them. Uh, that we didn't have so many uh, red cows. There, it has to be specifically a red cow, um, and we don't have. There was just so few of them. So it was really it was uh, it was important to make sure that these stay pure. That these ashes have to stay pure. So what happened? The law is that you cannot take these ashes. You can't transport them across the Jordan or in a boat. Anytime that you're elevated from the ground, according to this first opinion, you can't throw them, can't go in the air to the other side, and you cannot float them across the water. You can't even ride with them on an animal or on a friend. They cannot be on an elevated platform. Unless your feet are on the ground, so then you cannot have them elevated. These ashes are the water that's being used. But this is all according to the first opinion. You can bring them over a bridge. You don't have to be concerned for that because you're still on the ground. The, uh, your, your feet are on the bridge. And this applies. It doesn't just apply to the Jordan, but applies across the border. It applies to any body of water. You cannot transport them. And we're going to see that this is based on a certain uh, incident which occurred. But the first opinion, who is not Rabbi Hanan ibn Akavya, the first opinion says that this applies to many, many cases. It applies not just to the case of, of the boat, which we're going to see that the, the case itself was a case of a person traveling on a boat in the Jordan River, uh, but applies not just to a boat, but any time that you're not on the actual ground, you're not, you're not 
your feet are not grounded to the to the ground itself. But if even if you're on an animal or if you're on uh, throwing it in the air, and it doesn't just apply to the Jordan River, which was the case, the case itself took place only in the Jordan by the Jordan, but it applies to all rivers. This is the first opinion. However, the second opinion is Rabbi Chanan ben Akavi Omer. Rabbi Chanan ben Akavi says no. Lo asrael biyarden b'sfina ukemaisa shahaya. It applies uh, to only to the Jordan River, not to other bodies of water, and also when you're only when you're on a boat. Based on the incident which occurred, so Rabbi Chanan ben Akavya, just like our Mishnah, limits it to just the 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 uh, details of the case itself in, w- in which uh, it occurred. What was the, what happened? The Gemara says, "My Maisa Chaya." What exactly happened? Davar Rav Yudam Rav. Following case happened. Rav says the following case: Maisa Ba'adam Echad. There was a person. A person was transporting this water and the ashes of the of the which is used to sprinkle to make people pure again. From the impurity of of touching a dead person, and they were on the Jordan, they were on the boat in the Jordan, passing over the Jordan River. What happened? There was a an olive sized piece of a human corpse found on the floor of the boat. It was found on the floor of the boat, and that made because it was big enough, it had the big enough size of a human corpse on the on the floor of the boat. That made the ashes also impure. It also made the ashes impure, and to make the ashes impure, as we mentioned before, it's really it's hard to find uh, this these ashes which come from the paraduma from the red cow, and so it made it impure, which was a, a big a big problem uh, because we need that we need we need them to use them to, for the purification process of people who became tame people who became impure. So what are they now at that time? So at that time, they instituted, according to Rabbi Hanan ben Akavya, that you cannot take these things across the boat. The reason why you can't take them across the boat is because we're concerned that if you take them on an elevated level, so then there's something underneath which is going to make, the, which has something impure, which is going to make that which is on top of it impure. And when it comes to uh, to this case, that if something which is on top of it in the boat, the case was in the boat, so then it will make it, uh, make these ashes impure. We're very concerned. We want to make sure the, these ashes stay pure. So, Rabbi Hanan ben Akavya says, you cannot do this again because of this incident which occurred. Again, the same thing. We're not really concerned for this. Probability-wise, we're not concerned for this. But because this action took place, so that makes us concerned for this. And and so therefore, we become concerned. But according to Rabbi Hanan ben Akavya, it's only limited to the exact to exact or very similar details in which it originally occurred. According to the first opinion in this b'risa, it applies across the board to all rivers, to all situations where it's in an elevated pla- state in the air, or uh, you, you throw it, or not, when you're riding on an animal, that's the first opinion. But Rabbi Chanan ben Kavya limits it just to the to the incident itself, and so to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is also based on an incident which occurred, and so therefore we will limit it only to that incident, which is only to Kachim, which is what our Mishnah says. It's limited to Kachim. So now turning the page to twenty three a two in the uh, in the article Gemara, we have a few more lines, but the the general idea is in this in this case is about the Maisa Shahaya, the concept of a Maisa Shahaya, which is that, yeah, I could have certain scenarios where we're not concerned for something, but once some that actually ended up taking place, that makes us uh, concerned, or at least it makes us want to remember that case. So therefore, we'll say that you have to be concerned for that case. The Gemara now asks a few questions with regards to our case in the Mishnah of not carrying a, an earthenware vessel of that's for Kudshim and a shoe or the the shoelace uh, to carry them 
one on one hand, one on the other hand, the Gemara asks, Yibayiluhu, sandal tame sandal tar mahu. I understand if the, if the sandal is impure that we're concerned, but do we extend this also when the sandal is pure? Let's say the pure, the sandal is pure. Um, do we also say that, that we, we're, we, we don't want to, you to hold one on one hand, one on the other hand, because you're going to come to then end up holding also a sandal which is impure. Or what about chavis psucha chavis mahu? The Mishnah's case was where the earthenware vessel was open, and therefore there's a chance that something impure could go into the airspace. But what happens if it's closed? Are we also concerned to say that it's similar to the event that took place uh, with Kachim, that let's say even maybe a barrel which was closed? We could say maybe we should be concerned in that case as well. So the Gemara never answers those cases. They don't answer it. The Gemara leaves it as a question. But the third inquiry is, let's say a person violated this. And... They were holding one on one hand, one on the other hand. They were holding the shoe, the impure shoe in one hand and the barrel of Kachim in the other hand. So the question is, is that a problem or not? Does that automatically, do we automatically assume that that earthenware vessel is Tameh or not? So Rabbi Lai Amar, Rabbi Lai, this is going to end up being a dispute. Rabbi Lai says, It is Tameh because you violated the decree. We automatically say, even though it didn't go into the airspace, we automatically say that it's tummy, that it's impure. Rabzir Amar, no. Rabzir says, no. That if you transgress and you carry them together, then it is still tar. Obviously, if you put it into the actual barrel, into the airspace of the earthenware barrel, so then it's for sure going to be impure. That's just the regular law. But if you hold one on one hand and one on the other hand, so that's a dispute as to whether or not, because there's a decree, whether that automatically makes the barrel that utensil impure or not. So those are some questions. Some questions were answered. The last question uh, is a dispute as to whether or not it becomes automatically impure or not because there was a decree not to do this, uh, not to put one on one hand, one on the other hand when it comes to kachim. Again, it's only when it comes to kachim based on the Maisa Shahaya, based on the story that took place. So that's the end of that case. And then the Gemara, in the next recording, we'll move on to another case from the Mishnah.